Welcome to Navigating Change, the education podcast from Teibel Inc. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here once again with Howard Teibel. Pete Wright, how are you today? You know exactly how good I am, Howard. You have brought unto us another representative of the very finest university in the land. Yeah, I'm going to bring more CU people. It's going to be an ongoing thing because I know how happy it makes you. See, Larry, you don't know. He's a CU grad. Ah, Go Buffs. Go Buffs. Very proud. Larry has joined us to tell us a story. Before we do that, head over to Tybalink.com to learn more about our work in education. You can subscribe to the show for free. Just click the blue button and we'll send you an email each time a new episode is released. Larry Levine serves as Associate Vice Chancellor for IT and CIO at University of Colorado at Boulder. Larry, welcome to Navigating Change. Thank you. We're excited, I got to tell you. Larry and I were in a retreat that I was facilitating and on a break. Larry took me aside and shared an anecdote that he had heard that really paints to me a beautiful metaphor for the challenge associated with how you get momentum on trying to move things forward in organization. So without further ado, and I'm not gonna, let's keep it simple. I'm gonna let you, Larry, sort of set the context for where you heard this, where it's from, and then just lay the story out for our listeners. I heard this story. It's a story of how to change an organization and bring about change from a faculty member here and worked with me in changing the central IT organization here. And he told me he heard it from a man named Bill Davidson, who was involved in the reacquisition of Harley-Davidson back from AMF. Bill played some senior role at Harley, credited with a number of other people in helping turn that company around. And I think it's appropriate to all, all sectors and all manners of organizations someone's trying to change. So here's the story, here's the metaphor. Imagine you're head of an organization, you're something, you're a CEO, president, vice president, whatever. Metaphorically, you're on the bow of the boat. That is your organization. The boat's on a river. And to change it, to be successful, you have to get the boat going upstream. Behind the boat, not far behind it, are the waterfalls. Failure to change, and you're swept over the falls onto the rocks below. And seated in the boat are groups of your employees. And there's a small group of employees. They're seated up front. They're the ones closest to you. They're with you. You've told them we need to change. They said yes, and they're rowing for all they're worth. They're into the change. They want to help you make it happen. But they're barely able to keep the boat from slipping backwards. Seated behind that small group of employees is a larger group of employees. They're sitting in rowing seats. They have their hands on oars but their arms are folded. They're not sure, they're waiting to see what are you gonna do? Um, are they on board or not? They're not really engaged, but they're willing to be persuaded. Behind that other larger group of employees is another smaller group of employees. They're sitting in the back of the boat. They're not with you, they're very cynical. In fact, a few of them are hanging off ropes on the back of the boat. They're basically being sea anchors. They're dragging in the water, making it very hard to move the boat forward. And there's one more group of employees. They're really disengaged. They're on the shore. And of course, they can just stand on the shore because the boat's not moving up or downstream, even though it's trying to move upstream. Uh, they're very skeptical about this change. Uh, and they're not sure they want to see it happen. Every once in a while, they lob a rock at the people in the boat. You make your way to the back of the boat. 
And as you pass the people that are rowing, you thank them, offer them a cold drink, etc. You just walk past the large group that are sitting there with their arms folded. And you go back to that really dissident group at the back and you go past them to the people that are hanging off the back of the boat being the sea anchors and you take out your little pocket knife and you start cutting ropes and after you cut one or two or three ropes there's not so many sea anchors the boat starts to move upstream a little bit the rowers see they're making progress and they really start to row for all they're worth then many of the non-rowers are sitting there and they're like wow the the boat's actually uh, moving and uh, the head of this organization is really rewarding those people that are rowing, trying to make them happy. Uh, you know, maybe this will be interesting. And they pick up an oar uh, here and there, and they start to row uh, as well. And the people that are the other sea anchors hanging off the back of the boat realize, even though they're hanging off the back, the boat's kind of moving upstream. And they see what happened to their colleagues who got swept over the falls. And they pull themselves back up into the boat along uh, with the ropes, and the boat moves even faster. Um, and as they jump into the boat, you're suggesting everybody, the large group, the small group that are still in the boat, you say, hey, we're doing really well here. Why don't you pick up an oar? Meanwhile, the people on the shore have to stop throwing rocks because the boat's pulling away from them. And you yell to them, come on, meet us up river. We'll stop at the next landing and you can come on board or you can go home. And anybody who's on the boat who's still not sure, tell you what, you can get off the boat, uh, but we're going upstream. And so after a while, uh, everybody who's coming on board is aboard and everybody who's leaving is off. And your organi- organization is moving up river, moving up there the river of change. At first, as soon as you start talking about groups, uh, it's pretty easy for anyone who's been on a team to start associating specific names and titles. Like, I know that guy who's the rower. And I love, by the way, that we did not, that we did not cut all the ropes. You just yes. cut a cup, right? You set an example. No, it's yes. like, this is what's coming, people. What you do get is an incredibly visceral, emotional connection to working on a team. That's one of the things I like so much about this story and why I'm so glad you told it. It feels so familiar to anyone who's been a part of trying to move a project forward. We're really good about how to figure out this idea of getting the right people on the bus. Mm-hmm. is really hard to talk about or think about this idea that I think most people struggle with and really need to put more energy around is how do we get the wrong people off the bus? Now, when I say it that way, what I really mean is get get them positioned to be doing what they do well so that they're happy because truthfully – People who are unhappy or they're hanging off the back of the boat, they are very likely unhappy with what they're doing. And and I think you and I talked about you had even situations where you've had to do this. But if you do it in the right way, it can really work. Cutting the ropes, which uh, let me not mince words, it's asking uh, people, arranging people to leave the organization can seem pretty heavy to those people and to others in the organization. It's rare that I think anybody whose rope you cut, so to speak, is is really surprised by all of this. And it helps get change moving more quickly. Because another thing about changing organizations is you can't 
walk in and start doing it on day one, but you can't wait a couple of years to get around to it either. You have to start getting things in motion. This is part two of a conversation, a, a kind of a trilogy that Howard and I are doing. And one of the things that we landed on last week was that, you know, the net average of people who drag the organization down is mediocrity, right? We're, we aspire to mediocrity if you live with just trying to get people who are unhappy to do the bare minimum and just show up. And you're rewarding the rowers, the people that are like, oh, gosh, this looks great, or where have you been, or I hadn't thought of this, but it makes a lot of sense. You're doing everything you can to make them happy, whatever the metaphoric equivalent of cold drinks and a sandwich is. The other thing I like about this that I hadn't, you know, in all the models and the way I talk about change is the visual metaphor, the reminder that as you make the tough choice sometimes to let some of the people hanging off the back let go, it has the benefit of the thing moving faster and then people who are still throwing rocks, which is that visual metaphor, you are moving faster. They're no longer able to throw the rocks. And I think that happens in real life. As we get more positive momentum, it actually begins to quell the voices who are trying to throw rocks because they see the momentum's happening. And this is a universal experience is that we discover only after we have the courage to do the tough thing that we can get people who are being uh, sort of negative that they either get quiet or they choose for themselves to opt out. So to me, this speaks to the thing that is so hard to talk about. Isn't this also so much the value of, of the right kind of incisively applied peer pressure in the organization? I agree. I think people who are unsure, as they see the organization is changing as well as it picks up speed and more and more people are engaged. And it puts some pressure on them to either become more like that or to think about getting out. It's, you know, they can think it's not where I want to be anymore and they can leave under more under their own uh, devices and their own decisions. Have you had the experience, Larry, personally of having had those kind of conversations or, or, or help somebody make a different choice and it's changed momentum? Yep. So I've cut some ropes since I've been here. And that was not right away, but more in the early days. And I've also had some discussions with people who have come in and quite objectively wanted to talk about, is this place changing in these ways? And I've confirmed, yes, it is. And talked about, maybe it's not the place you want to be anymore. And they've said, you know, I'll think about that. And some of them have left and some of them have changed. Um, it's nice as much as possible to be able to avoid having the ongoing performance review conversations for somebody who doesn't want to change or be different and doesn't really want to go anywhere either. We get locked into this conversation around putting the right people in the right seats on the bus. And I think we get so locked in that metaphor that we forget that one of the seats in and around the bus is the bus stop. Wait, <laughs> wait for another so, bus. I think right. that's okay, too. I think on some level, there's an element that it's easier to be asked to leave than to intentionally say, I'm going to give up something that's familiar for something unknown. For somebody to say, I'm going to quit in the face of not knowing what the alternative it is, I think that it's harder to choose to do that than it is to be in a position where somebody's saying, this might not be right for you. And that's why it's so important for leaders to embrace this idea that you have a responsibility of putting that in people's laps so that 
maybe you're encouraging them to be in a place where they're happy or where they can feel like they're making the right contribution. And there's nothing wrong with that. I can't tell you how much I've seen, Larry, people just waiting Mm -hmm. for somebody to opt out. And I think in many cases you're going to wait and they're not going to opt out. Some will never. The worst I've seen um, around higher ed uh, not at this institution, of course, is some people who are there forever and their supervisor's plan is, well, they'll retire someday. You know, this to me is the dual side to our earlier conversation, Pete, which is where we talked about the nature of this this question of how do we position our organization for success? And this is one way of looking at it, which is to understand how to think about making that choice to let go of some people, it effectively sets the example. It's It pushes others to say, you know what? You're rewarding our rowing by saying that we're not going to continue to be held back by those people hanging off the back of the boat. And you're still, what I love what you said too, Larry, was people who are on the shore, they still have a choice because you can invite them back in the boat. And I right. so I think that this visual metaphor, hopefully for people listening, will encourage them to say, you know what, who do I have that I know is somebody that I need to let go of and I need to have that conversation with them. Another thing I think it does too, especially, uh, well, I guess anywhere, but I've seen it here in a large institution is for people who've never been on your boat, they see what's happening and it makes it a more attractive boat to want to be on. You're more of an attractive organization to uh, to come work for. Larry Levine, uh, Associate Vice Chancellor for IT and CIO and Storyteller at University of Colorado. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks to both of you. Thank you, Larry. On behalf of Howard Teibel, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next week right here on Navigating Change, the education podcast from Teibel, Inc. Mm-hmm.